dispensing cannabis business knowledge beyond a million square feet of cultivation space. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Blunt Business, harvested by Strainwise Consulting. Together, we will navigate the challenges and opportunities of one of the most profitable industries on earth. Join us each episode to hear our weekly roundtables and interviews with industry professionals. Now, let's delve into some blunt business with your host. Time once again for another edition of Blunt Business here on CannabisRadio.com, presented to you by the United States Cannabis Conference and Expo and our USCC Borderless event, which is coming up June 29th and June 30th. It will be virtual, and you can find all the information at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. I'll tell you a little bit more about it before a break coming up in a little bit. But first, let's start with my first with my guest for this episode. First of all, the hemp industry has a whole faced tremendous economic pressures, and we haven't talked much about the hemp industry here on the program in regards to the COVID nineteen pandemic. So. The deal is now the industry, like many others, faces doubt, economic distress, and overall concern due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, I've talked about the cannabis side, and there's been obvious, one thing I can tell you through all my conversations, we've had a lot of optimism in the industry that where things might come through once we are past the peak and go into the valleys, we find our way back in a lot of different areas, one of the things we talked about in the last episode was the Safe Banking Act coming into play. That might that banking language might be incorporated into the next stimulus bill uh, called the Heroes Act. We're hearing about that as we record the episode today here in mid-May, and we're looking for more information about it. My next guest represents the first all-organic herbal wrap company, the founder and CEO of High Hemp, Paola Fernandez. Paola, thank you for being on with us. Thank you so much for having us. Um, I'm really excited to be here, especially in these times, getting a word out on the hemp. It's really important. Absolutely. Now, let's go ahead and give a little context about High Hemp for our listeners. You started High Hemp based primarily on the need for organic products within the industry with the goal of providing consumers with tobacco-free organic hemp wraps that contain zero traces of nicotine, tobacco, or toxic additives. Thus, you're opening the door to a whole new market without the need of historically used tobacco-based products. And now we're learning more than ever, uh, people being very cognizant of anything that's a, of a smokable product in general. So at this moment, how important do you think it is for those in the industry now, cannabis or hemp, to sway away from tobacco as much as possible? Um, I think it's definitely the number one thing that should be on everybody's uh, mindset. Um, I've seen, especially right now, since in dispensaries, most states don't allow any tobacco sales. So I think kind of separating the two is is key goal to keeping hemp and cannabis as looked as more as a medical thing and not so much a recreational thing. I think it it gives the consumer a better um outlook once they start tasting it they they can actually taste the herb so i think straying away from tobacco no no additives no nicotine is the number one priority that everybody should have and i see that more and more in the industry so polo take me into the road ahead and talk to me about how high hemp is looking to sway users users to the safer alternative um so the our main way to get to our consumers is social media. We try to stay on top of um, 
comments and just people that are curious to see why is this a better uh, or product? Why should I roll with this instead of any other tobacco brand? And we really like to educate our consumers and just explaining that once you get rid of the nicotine in your smoke and, um, and instead replace that with CBDs, it's actually a more calming smoke and you don't have that like itch that the nicotine gives you kind of like an anxiety. So it's kind of like you're doing, um, you're trying to do good with relaxing and smoking cannabis or hemp or CBDs and you're, you're adding it with tobacco and nicotines that actually raise your anxiety levels, which is not getting you to the purpose that you want. So instead of replacing that with hemp wraps and getting rid of all nicotine addiction, I think is the right step towards getting users and consumers on a track to where they're just enjoying their herbs and not thinking of what else are they adding to their bodies and being and adding a whole addiction to their everyday lives that you don't need. And so I think in just educating the consumers on those alternatives and then the, the benefits of having no nicotine, no um, preservatives, just having a natural herb with your herb, it really shows the benefit for the consumers. And it just it's a quick switch and we see consumers all the time not going back to tobacco. They say it's a cleaner smoke and they could really taste the flavor of anything that they're smoking it with. Fantastic. So I like where this definite direction you're going. I want to go ahead and talk about the industry in general with you in terms of how uh, things are actually going, the state of the industry right now as we're going through and, and what kind of help is uh, going on, how the industry is going to, how it looks right now, the overall state of affairs and how we're looking right now as to what kind of assistance and what kind of help can be out there for hemp growers and hemp manufacturers going forward right now during this pandemic. I'm here with Paolo Fernandez, the founder and CEO of High Hemp here on Blunt Business, back with more questions after this short break. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Fetch your earbuds and stay tuned for some pure pet care conversation. Hi, it's Angela Ardolino with It's a Dog's Life, and I have Hernanda Umana joining me. We're just both so fascinated with how much we've learned since we've been in this pet industry and creating an all-natural product. Because it's a dog's life. I am a huge fan of my guest today, Dr. Bob Goldstein. I have, in my experience, not seen many natural substances produce the results that CBD is producing in the animals that we are testing on. It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. 
SmartPots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, SmartPots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? SmartPots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million SmartPots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. We're back with Paula Fernandez, the founder and CEO of High Hemp here on Blunt Business. And Paula, I want to just go through some context of when it comes to the state of the hemp industry in general for those out there. CBD sales are expected to exceed $5 billion by the end of the year. And this is still with everything going on and predicted the top $23 billion by 2023. As the popularity of CBD continues to grow, changes in the law and regulations that surround it can soon transform the industry as we kick off 2020. So a story from 2019 telling us all about this. Uh, so Again, full implementation of the 2018 hunt bill. We're still getting a lot of feedback, but the full implementation has not been put into play. And they're still issuing warning letters to companies selling CBD-derived human and animal products. Uh, there's still a lot of issues when it comes to certain products and the, the labeling and what is being said. Uh, certain companies can say what kind of uses there, was, there are that they're claiming to make, that they actually help to cure or help with. Things like that are still being put into play. With this situation right now, do you foresee a further delay by the FDA on the implementation, given our current situation, or do you think there might be an acceleration on getting these guidelines put together and implemented and executed because of economic reasons? Um, and unfortunately, with these times, what I see is more chaos. Um, we right now had a couple projects where we were trying to move around industrial hemp from Kentucky to California. And there's not only a disconnect at a federal level, but at a state level, there's really no set guidelines. Um, so that's really bad for when it comes to supply chain going, but there's no set rules. Actually, as let's do this, Paul. So sorry. Because uh, right there, I heard about about five or seven seconds. I didn't hear your answer. Can you do me a favor? Let's just take off the video right now so I can save oh, on bandwidth. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's just a little throttling I'm noticing. So if you want, can you can we start the answer for me from the top? Uh, yeah. Let me see if I could get closer in there. Um, so can you repeat the question? I'm so sure. sorry. No problem. Uh, all right, yeah, I'll start back up the top. Here we go. We're here with Polo Fernandez, founder and CEO of High Hemp, and want to go ahead and talk about the state of the hemp industry in general as we were going on. As of 2019, sales were exceeded to, expected to exceed $5 billion in 2019, with a projection by 2023 to top $23 billion. As the popularity of CBD continues to grow, changes in the law and regulations that surround it could soon transform the industry as we kick off 2020. This is according to a story from late 2019, by the way. So as we've talked about here on the show, the 2018 hemp bill, we've been we've talked about implementation. There's been a shuffling, kind of pushing uh, aside and 
really just a delay and just waiting for feedback from others and really just so much that the FDA could be doing right now. But obviously other things are pressing at hand right now and the hemp bill might not be as prioritized as it, as it once was. So my question to you, Paul, is what are your thoughts on the FDA's directions to enforce rather than shuffle on implementation? And do you think there's going to be a delay on implementation now, given our current situation? Or do you think we might get a chance where this might be used as a chance to accelerate for economic reasons to get the FDA to get themselves together and let hemp move forward? So I unfortunately uh, think that there's definitely a hold on any kind of at least direction on how to how the hemp bill is going Um, on a federal level on a state level there's really no guidelines or a place where you could get information for the hemp industry i think it's a real um it's a it's a slot that they're missing and like you said there's such a uh, economic economic growth there that they're just letting it slide by and uh, you can see that the reasons why is the pending things that are happening but at the same time with the economic shortage that we're having i feel like this is something that could really help businesses grow I had a problem where we were trying to import hemp from Kentucky to California, but there's no state-to-state talks. There's no federal guidelines. There's no way that they have a conversation going. They're literally just writing it as it goes on how they could move hemp from state to state. So I don't think they're even close to using it as in a supply chain. So at regulations and actual clear view and understanding on how the hemp bill is gonna work is really far from from happening, I feel like, especially with everything that's going on today. It's, I feel like at the bottom of their list. But there is something at least one other government agency is looking to actually kind of support what's going on. And that is a story from Hemp Industry Daily. They said now, that federal agricultural officials have released new loan guidance for direct and guaranteed loans for hemp producers and to ensure the new commodity is recognized as legal through the USDA's Farm Service Agency. Uh, Quote, while it's understood that this new commodity will likely produce some servicing challenges because of state and federal regulations, it should be treated as closely as possible to any other agricultural commodity and serviced in the same manner. The new guidance provides additional detail for FSA lenders after the agency opened up eligibility for farm loans to hemp farmers with the release of the USDA's interim final rule last fall. So the deal is, uh, in the story, this is going to uh, coming in from uh, MarijuanaMoment.com, they make mention of that uh, borrowers, who, borrowers who are not licensed to grow hemp will be considered in non-monetary default and any losses will not be covered. Uh, it does emphasize that hemp should be generally treated as the same as other crops. It also acknowledges the unique requirements and challenges that the market continues to face. So this sounds like a positive thing here. And I haven't really read much about if this was already in the works. But at this moment, I mean, you know, does this look like something that are you hearing a lot about, you know, the possibility of this kind of help being useful right now? as opposed to not being able to get any help from the Small Business Administration or other agencies, is this a good positive sign, in your opinion? I, what's going on, what's going on, what's going on, what's going on? The positive side, and I feel like it, it would be definitely a helping hand to the companies that are struggling to keep up with the, with the months of being out. I could foresee a lot of crops going bad, 
um, and a lot of farmers just needing that that help. And if if it was in my in sorry, what I think is that they want to be able to help and lend, but they only say it in to kind of the industry. But then once you go to try to get that help, there's a lot of loopholes. There's a lot of things that you have to get through or certain certifications. So I think it's more to like present that they want to help, but at the end, it's it's not gonna be easy to get that help. It's a couple different directions. I also noticed that the hemp industry got a victory because Congress did pass legislation stipulating for the first time that farmers who cultivate the crop are eligible for federal coronavirus relief programs through the SBA. So there is some support here and there, but um, I mean, when you look at it uh, yourself and, and as a company running a, a hemp company, um, can you tell me firsthand account? Have you delved into anything right now where your company has needed to go ahead and seek out any assistance from the federal government with any of these programs? Uh, so right now we've been trying to keep up with how we can continue to manage our production end. Um, that has been definitely the hardest aspect of the COVID because since we do hand pack all of our material, we can't have all these people in the factory now. So we have to figure out a way to work with with COVID now and see how we could implement procedures that allow us to keep producing our product but still maintaining regulations. Um, at until this point we haven't been we haven't had to seek any help, but we we like to see that there is those availabilities since we have to completely change the way that we pack things. Um, we definitely don't want to let go of anybody. So those those aspects of help give us hope that we can continue and change with the new circumstances. I want to go ahead and talk to you about what's uh, a little more information about where we look, see things going now within the hemp industry. Again, there's at least some programs out there that are looking to help. And obviously, it's some things to, uh, to look into and see what can be done for companies like yours and see how people can go ahead and make their way through this. Any kind of relief and help would be beneficial for all. But I want to go and look into the future of the market. I want to go ask about that. I also want to ask uh, how things are right now when it comes to high hemp and the products and uh, how you're dealing with things right now directly in terms of uh, for marketing and to you know continue to get your product produced and out to market. I want to go and talk all about that. Uh, final questions with Paula Fernandez, founder and CEO of High Hemp. Again, website is highhemp.co. If you want to go and take a look at the full line of uh, high hemp herbal wraps, go ahead and take a look at that while we go to commercial break. We'll be right back. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Let me welcome Nick Hexum from 311. We've never heard things like your music when it first came out. It's like to mix the reggae with the punk and all of that together was just such an unusual sound and, and we loved it. We realized we're not going to copy what's on the radio. At the time, it was all grunge at, that was on the radio. And I said, let's just stick to what we know and wait for a culture to come around to us. Hey, it's Nick Hexum from 311, and you're listening to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina on CannabisRadio.com. Oh, 
lady marijuana llama tell you something now Bought a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is him pink, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint Business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Dazed and infused. Join sugar industry expert Latham Woodward for a happier hour each week for a lively and often hilarious discussion on the infusion of cannabis into food, beverages, and life. Explore exciting new culinary landscape trends with fascinating friends and guests who are leading the industry into the uncharted mainstream. Discover curated menus, enhanced cocktails, and live tastings. Life's a little sweeter here on Dazed and Infused. I hope you didn't forget about us, because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. We're back with final questions with Paola Fernandez, founder and CEO of High Hemp here on Blunt Business. Paola, I really, really love this conversation. I love that we've had a chance because, you know, it's not we don't want to talk about hemp on this show, but we do. We just it is um, just every it's I don't know if it's just a matter of I think. In the same vein where cannabis and hemp, it's just a matter of we're still waiting for regulations, waiting for all the red tape to get undone so that both industries can thrive without any anything holding back. And that's what it comes down to. Regardless of any holdbacks there might be, Forbes.com, they reported that although, quote, the American hemp market is predicted to reach more than $26 billion within the next six years. And for us looking to find some economic relief, I'll tell you, this is the these are the kind of numbers that you see where the government and other state officials should see if you need some economic relief, you want to find something that will be an economic windfall to bring the economy back up from any kind of a recession or any thought of a depressionary period, this is where you go. Now, uh, farmers are not living the high life, they said, just yet. In fact, many complain that the hemp business is not all that's cracked up to be. Too many uncertainties and challenges that the agricultural sector must face before this crop takes off in the way that advocates have long predicted. So they're trying to say that there's poor first-year yields, intense labor of traditional crops. Some of the hemp seed being sold for CBD-rich plants are cited as issues. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that, are, you know, again, nobody's doing so much of a hand. But talking about the obstacles that, you know, the industry's had from your perspective and, you know, what what you would say to those that are looking to invest or, or for those in the industry that should not be dissuaded by what's going on. Um, so how I was talking about before, um, in our developing of new products, we actually started a crop in Kentucky. And so we invested in about three fields to just get our project going. And then as we were exporting it from Kentucky to California, there was so many back and forths of nobody knowing exactly what was going on, what were the rules, what is the actual like, can you import a hemp plant from Kentucky to California? Can you import just the buds from Kentucky to California? Just really simple things that you would think they would know if they're going to open up supply chains to the hemp industry. 
So it was really shocking to see how we lost practically three fourths of our crop just because in the transit, they, it had to go back and forth so much that it just spoiled. And we had to literally cremate it. And those are profit losses just because the government doesn't have those regulations in place. And I think moving forward with, with those circumstances, it's not gonna get easier. Um, we're just trying to see how we could we could continue the hemp supply because then for wraps there, we source our hemp from Europe and then that has also had a slowdown in their sense of getting their supply chain going. So I think right now everybody's kind of having um, a slow come up back from the pause, but from a sales aspect to our consumers, it has been a, a very large demand. Um, we haven't been able to keep up with the demand because people just kind of wanted to stock up on the products as they were having to quarantine. So in both sides, it's it's good and bad um, in working with these new circumstances. So I want to go and direct people to the website again, highhemp.co. And if you're just looking at the in the collections and the, the catalog, I'm looking at all the products. First of all, some of the flavors are just fantastic. So you have the original flavor, the banana goo, grape ape, bear berry, blazing cherry, hydro lemonade, Maui mango, honey pot swirl. All sounds delicious. Uh, again, you said sustainably grown European hemp imported from the Netherlands has a slower burn. Um, so I guess one thing, when you look at this going forward, for those that are going to use the wraps, go ahead and use for uh, particular products you want to consume. Uh, I mean, do you see anything where smokables get any kind of a change? Because I think, you know, the idea of people that want to go ahead and continue to go and, you know, smoke uh, flour, if they want to use the wraps, I guess the one thing that's also important is that they're probably not going to use so many devices as they would use pre-rolls, so they would use wraps, and everybody just kind of takes their own, the cult, the whole sharing aspect kind of, kind of subsides i think at least for a while now uh i mean talk to me about you know so far what how sales have been going and we've seen a lot of people doing well in terms of sales i see some products being sold out on the website talk to me about you know what's been doing well and how people are responding you know any significant changes to what's going on with what people are buying from high hemp um we we luckily were able to launch our website uh, right around the time where each state went into quarantine. Um, and that really helped us out a lot because in yeah. places like New York and, and California, if you couldn't find us in a dispensary, most likely all smoke shops weren't open. Um, so that definitely uh, helped us out with those sales. But we did see a lot of before the quarantine, but there was speculation that things were gonna shut down. We, we saw a lot of price uh, gouging of just like smoke shops charging double for a box and things like that. So we were, we weren't happy about that. And we were trying to um, see if we could make it up to the consumers and just trying to like send them free wraps or like, you know, just because people taking advantage of the situation definitely doesn't help. Um, but now we're just trying to see if we could get back to fulfilling the, the gap that was, that was made from, the up charge of everybody going in and like stocking up on high hemp. Yeah. So at least on a retail aspect, we're pretty sold out on that end. And then online, we're kind of just trying to trying to lower how much we sell just so we could 
supply the people we can until we are back up and running. Um, but yeah, just trying, I, I have my hopes that just trying to keep up with not stopping pretty much, like keeping up with regulations, making sure that we're up to seeing up to par with how we could keep our employees safe, but still getting the job done. I think those are the key things to keeping up with the high demand that's happening right now. One of the things I also make point of uh, the reference is also in the products, you also have a lot of merchandise. So a lot of clothing products, so beanies, hoodies, shirts, things like that are also up there on the site. Uh, one thing I want to ask you about is because you did do quite a few events and, you know, there's a lot of chance for people to go ahead and sample products to get a good idea of what you were doing. So uh, not so long ago, you had the Rolling Loud event you were at in the Bay Area last October and you went to other you went to a place like heavy hill you went to as well for the 420 event last year which didn't happen this year so the opportunity for people to go ahead and sample and get the taste of the flavors that you're giving and to get a real feel of the organic uh this the organic wraps that you're creating to get people to go ahead and say okay i want to take this over out of the wrap um any change in the marketing right now that you're doing? I guess you've already been offering some free product. Is that something that you think you might have to just continue to going forward? And how is that all working out? So, yeah, we definitely, we had our whole, we started off the year with a full calendar of our regular um, festivals, just meetups with our consumers. Just, we had a very full schedule and come March that just came to a screeching halt. Yep. We completely canceled everything. Um, we were very excited for Hippie Hill this year because it was for 2020 and that was also canceled. So we just try to take that and instead of investing in other things, we just started um, doing giveaways on our social media. Um, we've been really active on our live, just giving away free product, uh, prize giveaways, just giving back to the people that are probably our consumers and are struggling through these times. So I, we just thought, what better way to promote than just giving back to our consumers, and in every and I think also um, in directing people to our website, giving out coupons and things like that. It's it's helped. It's not the same as engaging with people face to face because you could really explain the product, but it's at least something we could do to keep the name alive and keep people thinking about alternatives and what else they could be smoking, like high hemp. With the fact that not just you're helping out to give back to the customers, but I also see how much you have as an initiative to help out with Mother Earth. Because obviously, a lot of things you do are, you know, tobacco-free, organic, vegan, GMO-free. And I just even noticed the fact that you were talking about how to help save the sea turtle population. How, you know, in your products, you used to have plastic straws that have been removed from the packaging now. The things like that. I guess one final question I want to ask about is, I mean, do you feel like going forward, you know, do you see a more of a consciousness to be much more earth friendly, more conscious in that environment because of the products that we have, the way we treat ourselves, our bodies? Do you feel like that's, I mean, is that going to create a consciousness now for us to just be even more, uh, put more of an effort you know, as a, as people together, are we going to look and try to make things, you know, when we're looking and thinking of things for hygiene or sanitary reasons, are we going to look to try to make really just to purify everything that we do, even down to the kind of products we smoke? Yeah, I completely think that we, 
at least in the blunt rap industry, um, we were the first to start becoming eco-conscious. There's a lot, if you open any other packaging, you'll see that they'll have a plastic film, they'll have two plastic straws, they'll have so much excess of plastic that you really don't need um, when there's alternatives. There, But there's like certain things that, because we hold those truths, they kind of set hold us back in producing more products at a faster rate. Um, there's a lot more that goes into sourcing and to trying to, if we are gonna develop something new, can we make it eco? So I just hope that in us taking that time to do that, other companies will do so as well. And I think people will just want to, once we've seen and we've had this break from everything, it kind of shows how we could consume less and maybe in a more conscious way of less plastics, uh, more biodegradable stuff, and just things that are better for Mother Earth as a whole. I love that. I love where you're going with things, and I love your attitude with all this. I it's just, I really just hope that, uh, you know, yours, when it comes to high hemp and what you're doing right now, that nothing gets deterred. There, there, I mean, there might be a little bit of a delay, but no roadblocks, and that you can continue to go for what you're doing. I love what you're doing right now, and I really thank you for taking time to go and speak out on behalf of the – just on everything going on, that we can see that the hemp industry – as well as the cannabis industry, we have a lot of reasons for optimism and a lot of reasons for continued growth and that we're all going to go make it through through all this. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, it's an honor to be able to speak up about what is going on in the hemp industry, how there's so much that we still have to fight for. And just continuing the how you said no roadblocks, just bumps on the road. And if you're determined to make something happen, it's gonna happen. And something like the hemp industry shouldn't be held back, um, especially how the cannabis industry has been able to flourish so well. I think the hemp industry should have the same um, ability to do so as well. So thank you for having me. Um, it was really fun and I'm glad that we were able to do this. Absolutely. I hope they're gonna make sure to go and keep a touch on the way down the line. Thanks again, Paula. And thank you listeners for listening to The Blunt Business, another great conversation with the books. As always, here every week for you through the courtesy of CannabisRadio.com, where you can find the show each and every week. And, of course, subscribe through our full, super syndicated network of where you can find our show on all major podcast platforms. So that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify. They're the big heavy hitters because this show is the big heavy hitter. One of the largest when it comes to cannabis and business, blunt business here on CannabisRadio.com. And I am grateful to host the show every week and present all these great people here on Blunt Business. Come back for another show next week. We'll talk to you next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.